When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined this Boxing Day evening by Matt Kendrick. In what I've just said before we got started, Matt, for the first time in ages, your background looks better than mine. I've started to kind of clear stuff out of here in a, in a spring clean and you've got your fairy lights up and a little plant in the corner. It looks very homely where you are. It does. I've got my little grotto and you've got your little grotty, haven't you? <laughs> It is grotty, to be fair. That is not my fault. Um, welcome to the show, everyone joining us Boxing Day evening. Uh, thanks for thank, thanks for joining us, Matt. How are you? That's I'm all right, day. actually. I've um, I was ill, wasn't I? The last time, last time one of these I did mm. was um, the quiz, the Christmas quiz, and I wasn't feeling great. And fortunately, the near it's got to Christmas, my kind of eating capacity has improved. Um, so I'd lost a bit of weight before Christmas, and now I'm uh, I'm putting it all back on. Um, so yeah, I'm all right, mate. It's a weird time in it between Christmas and New Year. I find it a bit of a strange one. I would rip the Christmas decoration down on Boxing Day and just plan for the New Year. You know, stick it all in a skip and move on with no. our lives. But and Christmas, the, the, the end of the the end of the year and the start of the New Year is always pretty depressing. I think Cause it's back to work, isn't it? And holidays are over. The excitement's gone. It's cold. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm, anyway. well, I haven't said that. What did I watch this morning? I watched a bit of Mary Poppins. A bit of I watched The Gruffalo. I watched Big Hero Six. Um, All today, they were on, and I was just sat in front of the telly, just kind of dossing like around. A blob. So, so yeah, and uh, then I watched well, the villa. <laughs> yeah. Well, football is back after what feels like a very, very long time. I think the post was that we did this morning, Brighton away, I think was the last one you immediately one of these. And I said before we started, I feel a little bit rusty. I don't know what we have to talk about on one of these. It's been such a long time. Um, I mean, Villa come back in typical fashion <laughs> with a, a loss to bring us all back down to reality. But the thing that I kind of thought was quite weird as, I, as we were going through it, it's like, even though Emery's been here what feels like a long time, He's not been here a long time in terms of football matches. It's like, well, he's won two out of two in the Premier League. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> been pretty good under Emery, which is, he's had a good start. And it feels like such a long time he's been here. Uh, obviously, we didn't play great in the friendlies. And it's another defeat today. He's first in the Premier League, uh, 3-1 to, to Liverpool, by the way, if anyone missed the scoreline. There you go. Um, but Spoiler. kind of shoots, of shoots of recovery, shoots of optimism in, in some extent. And for the most part, as much as it wasn't, you know, vintage Villa in it, in it by any means. I did feel a little bit like three one, maybe flattered Liverpool a touch. I know they can kind of always kick it up into a, another gear, but we had chances, and that's probably the most annoying thing that there's, there's certainly room for improvement. Say that. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a missed opportunity, to be honest, because you say it's not vintage Villa, but it wasn't vintage Liverpool either. And mm. I think when they looked like they could be got at at times, mm. and I thought we we bossed the game without really really hurting them in the second half. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one, like you say, he's been he's been with us a while, but the, the fact that that's the first time he's tasted defeat in the Premier League, I just felt, I don't know, I just felt we were a little bit, you know, you talk about me and you being a bit rusty. I felt, I felt as a team, we were a little bit rusty, even when we had, had we dominated the ball 
for spells in the second half, there was always a loose touch or a fluffed finish, mm. or you know, it didn't didn't quite quite get there. I think I think three one did flatter them. Um, did we do enough to get a point? I don't know. I thought I thought the way I thought it was a missed opportunity after. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember what time. What time did we score the goal? About sixty five. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I thought that was the opportunity for for Emery to change change it up a little bit then. And while we got some momentum to try and turn the screw a little bit. Um, so I think that was that was the the first time I've been a little bit disappointed that he hasn't kind of made the changes or or, or you know mixed things up early enough. Um, mm. But yeah, it's 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 one of those <laughs> it's one of those ones where. There's no disgrace in it, but just these are the ones where if we are going to kick on, these are the ones where we, we can't leave games like that with with nothing, basically. Yeah, there's certainly a point in the game when it gets to 2-1 and you think there's probably another goal in this game and I'm hoping it goes in the way of 2-1 and obviously it ends up 3-1 Liverpool, but we are kind of pushing them, we are creating these chances. I think there was a moment my dad said at some point, I think Leon Bailey underhit a shot or mishit a shot or something. He goes, oh, overhits every cross and then underhits every shot. And that kind of sums up the frustration of the players that go through these kind of peaks and troughs of form that that can either you know, massively underhit a pass and then massively overhit a cross into the into the, the halt end or whatever. And just that kind of element of frustration of we're not quite terrible, which is obviously obviously good, but we're not good enough to be like, oh, well, it was unlucky that we lost today. We still weren't good enough to, to get anything, I don't quite think, because we only played for one half. Again, the second half, we were much better. Um, but like you say, if we are to improve, and I think the pre-match interview with Emery mentioned about, like, oh, what, you know, you've uh, won two and two in the Premier League. What is the aim this year? Is Europe achievable? And it's like, oh, steady on whoever said that on, on Amazon Prime or, or wherever it was on. And you just think... We're not quite good enough to be getting too excited yet. There is moments where you think there's something there, but yeah, January window is obviously coming up in the next week or so. I don't know how much business we'll do, but I feel like just looking at the comments quickly, a striker is probably one that most people wish that Villa had under their Christmas tree yesterday. Yeah, don't come cheap though, do they? No, how, much was, how much was Nunes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but you know that, that Watkins is the perfect example isn't it of somebody who's could be good enough could be better does nothing really for the first half and then scores a great goal with a great finish but he's offside the one time he's actually offside he, he does put it in the in the net he has a couple of one-on-ones here and he's had them throughout the season where you think I don't back him I don't back him to score a chance one-on-one and then he does but he's offside um, and then there was another one wasn't there the, the goal he did score there was another opportunity I can't even remember now that we that we missed and you just think oh, it's just typical of isn't it yeah, I mean, it's, I think I, somebody had a moan at me on Twitter the other, other day because I said, you know, there'd been a, a transfer link saying Villa are expected to be the busiest of Premier League clubs in the in the January transfer window, and I put something like, I hope not, uh, just because I think it's a I think it's a, a kind of false economy when you when you, you mm. you're doing a lot of your business in in January. You can find bargains great, but I would rather us just make a couple of tweaks, you know, if we, I don't know, get a player on loan, whatever, whatever it might be. I don't think we need to see another half a dozen players bought in in January. I think, I think Emery needs to have this season, not as a free hit, you know, obviously want to see, see signs of improvement, but he needs to have this season to, to assess what he's got and to try and coach performances out of the players that he's got rather than thinking that, you know, a mad flurry of new signings is going to catapult us into Europe again. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean Watkins. Watkins was Watkins, wasn't he? You know, he's like you said. He if he's given given too long to think about chances, 
you know, he tends to uh, tends to overthink it and, you know, not score as often as he should. You know, I thought he took the goal. I thought the one that was offside, I thought he took well. And the one that he actually scored and counted, I thought it was a good header and he yeah, good replaced it out of Alisson's reach. Um, but yeah, I think, I th- you know, I think it's unfair to single out Watkins because I do think there were, little, there were times where, like I said, Bailey snatched at a couple of chances. Um, you know, McGinn had that chance where he went for the diving head again. Yeah, I think he's seen it late, but probably could have took, taken a touch rather than a, a kind mm. of a, a poor contact header. Uh, one day I thought looked bright outside the area, but the closer he got to their goal, you know, it was a little bit scruffy, I think, and and you know didn't didn't wasn't able to to produce the final ball often enough. So it was just it was just one of those. It was a, a Villa performance um, born out of born out of rustiness, I think, um, but against a p- opponents who I thought were there for the beating today. Mm. Somewhere here from Steve and Josh, I'll read out. Steve says, poor in midfield, Louise off the pace, missed cash, cash as well. Missed cash as well. Missed cash. I actually think Watkins played well, good hold-up play, yes, certainly in the second half. Bailey was terrible. And Joshua said, also, Emery's substitutions came far too late. We should have brought Danny Ings on a hell of a lot sooner. Yeah, it does feel like one of those that it's kind of got away from us a little bit because we did have the momentum with us in the second half and then all of a sudden you don't and you think, can I change it now? And before you know it, it's too late. Ings obviously comes on, Coutinho comes on as well. Coutinho has a little run at the end, doesn't he? Nothing comes to it and you think, there we go, there's Coutinho doing what he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, just going back to the team news, probably first of all, Cash not playing, it's probably a touch of a surprise. Obviously, he's got a, a World, Cup, World Cup involvement, so maybe not that much of a surprise. But we knew about Martinez not being there. We didn't know whether Cash would start or not. Young playing on the right-hand side. McGinn kind of playing off the right-hand side as well in a kind of 4-4-2. Um, do you think the, the lineup was right? Because it's such a weird gap, isn't it? And something that none of us are used to, to have played the last game in the Premier League six weeks ago, whatever it is, there's no kind of momentum to carry over. So you almost can't have a clean slate and say, right, you're all kind of in contention. Do you think that was the right 11? Obviously, you've got the hindsight that we lost. But... Yeah, if you'd have probably asked me at whatever, what time, the, what time the team is drop half past four, I wouldn't have been overly concerned. But as the game panned out, I was... Um... I don't know. We just know that Alexander Arnold and, and Robertson play high up the pitch, and mm. he was young played in there because he thought he'd be a bet, better bet defensively. That my, my my big gripe would be that Cash might have given Robertson more more to mm. worry about himself, you know, with his pace, and would have made him a little bit more nervous about playing as high high up as he did because you know that ball. I know the first goal came came from Robertson on the other flank from a, a half clear corner that went back in. But that ball was on so often, that ball out mm. to the left. And it, you know, it just didn't didn't seem to work. And and neither between them are I don't think that that Young and McGinn got to grips with Oxley Chamberlain and, and and Robertson down in that area of the pitch in the first half. Um didn't ultimately hurt us that much in that area. Uh, in terms of the goal scored, but you know, we we just didn't look we didn't look at it. To me, it just looked so kind of disjointed in the first half. Um, mm. And by the time by the time the second half kicks off, you have got to produce something special, haven't you? Even even a Liverpool team that I think had only won away once before this season, they're not really going to squander a two goal lead very easily. So I think we'd given ourselves an an uphill task. Um, and if Nunes could finish. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd probably probably lost it by six six or seven. 
Mm, just a just a rubbish Andy Carroll, was it? With the chance? Yeah, that well, was that was it, yeah. crap, the crap Andy Carroll. That was uh, <laughs> probably the highlight of the game, to be honest. We <laughs> up, up quite well. Although we did um, really watch the their second goal back and the touch and the uh, hmm. and the the. I think he, he tried to pull it back, didn't he? And it was it was half half saved, half fumbled by um by our friend our friend Robin Olsen. Um, mm, we'll talk about Olsen in a sec. The um, yeah, first well, goal is not very Liverpool goal. It's not very often you kind of sit there and go fair play to the opposition, but that was a lovely move. That the Liverpool goal, the first one, the outside of the ball. Well, it's Trent, it's the Trent Alexander the outside of the boot, isn't it? Loads of time to play the ball, ball across, so calm, so composed. You just have to sit there and go. Not no, it was, it was a good goal, and I think I think McGinn's probably gone to sleep slightly. I think from watching the replay back, and Robertson stolen over on his blind side, and first time touch, and Salah's not going to miss from eight yards out. A, a simple no. tapping, um, but yeah, it's I don't know two two goals conceded, but from I know it was a second phase of part play from the set piece for the first first goal, but two really really cheap goals conceded from yeah. set pieces again. Um, and we, like I say, give us a give us a task. That I mean, I think if we'd have if we'd have had players, if we'd have had the bulk of our players performing eight or nine out of tens today, rather than sixes, I think we could have actually won that game. Yeah, by two goals, and that, I think that's the frustrating mm. thing for me because Liverpool. Listen, I know it's not going for as, as well for Liverpool as it has done in recent seasons, but still a very good football team. But I don't think they had to be brilliant today to beat us, and that was the that was a frustrating thing. Yeah, on another day we we do win that game, and we kind of not blow them away because not necessarily not necessarily true. But yeah. if we're slightly better, they are they are there for the taking. Um, what did you make of McGinn? Very quick, I know we said we didn't want to try and drag this episode out too long, so I don't want to go kind of player by player. We did a social post just before Christmas of a photo of him from one of the friendly games and he's got his kind of new skinhead haircut and he kind of said something like, I'm going back to the nickname Meatball with me big head or whatever. Um, and people were replying to that that tweet saying like, oh, I don't care what his haircut is, I want to see him play better, I want to see him do this, I want to see him do that. First of all, he looked trimmer. I thought he lost a bit of weight as well, which is always always useful. Um, but I thought he was much improved today as well. And again, maybe I'm giving too much praise to somebody who doesn't necessarily deserve it because he's not played this 10 out of 10 game. But I thought out of all the midfielders, he was probably the strongest. I thought he was decent. Role to Kamara, to be fair. But yeah, better than thought, Louise anyway. I thought he was decent. I thought he was... You know, I thought probably my pick of the, the players were Kamara and Mings, potentially. Uh, although sure Villa, did, Villa did seem to get, get done kind of over the top a few times but uh, yeah I thought Kamara was the pick of the midfielders I thought McGinn you know if, if Kamara was a 7 McGinn was a, was a 6.5 so I think yeah I thought I thought he was I thought he was decent I thought he was decent I don't think he was you know I think there's a long way before we can say he's getting back getting back to his best but yeah. I think there's in, in, encouraging signs I thought Mings was a little bit shaky today I thought yeah didn't think he was the knock that he got early on affected him. I just Possibly. thought he was. I thought he was just. <laughs> I thought he was alive. I mean, he was obviously alive, but I thought he was alive to danger a lot more than I thought he was. I thought mm. he was sharper than Conza, to be honest. Um, the, I think it might be the third goal where it just kind of he doesn't clear it from from the ball and it hits his just hits him on the thigh and he doesn't kind of get enough on it to just kind of bounces off him. I thought it was a couple of moments where I just thought he doesn't look quite at it for me. It's all about but opinions. There's a comment here saying, I agree. Come on, Mings are our two best players by country mile. So what do I know? Um, let's talk about Olsen and Emmy Martinez. Then, I suppose that's, that's a wider conversation, more so away from this game a little bit. 
Um, talk about Olsen first of all. Let's kind of get the elephant out of the room. What, what you thought of his performance? Because now that's two or three games he's played for us in, in the league and conceded a handful of goals and not been particularly, you know, filling anyone with confidence, including the team. I thought on a few occasions, getting a couple of looks off players, and they, you can tell they haven't got that kind of connection. They will because he's not the number one. And I think that's that's understandable, and that kind of sets the tone of if you haven't got faith in your goalkeeper behind you, you're a little bit ratty and a little bit shaky. I just don't don't rate Olsen at all. I don't like I said, this is a wider conversation about kind of recruitment here in a sec, but just talk to me about his performance first of all. How many times has he played now? Because the three games that I can remember, he's considered three, three, yeah. three goals in each. And he played at Man City, didn't he, last season? Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a quiz question for anybody who hasn't caught up with that Christmas Christmas <laughs> quiz yet. Conceded three there, conceded three. Was it three? How many did we lose to in the cup, cup in the end? Was that three or four? I'm going to have to it's check. Man anyway, basically, yeah. the, point, the point I'm going to make is... Four. I felt he. I felt he was nervous from the very first kick mm. of the game today, and you could almost see the inner turmoil in his head. You know, he kicked the ball. <laughs> he got Ming standing one side and Conta standing the other side, and he didn't. He he didn't want to play the simple goal kick pass to them because mm. he knew that would involve him getting the ball back, and yeah. he just wanted he wanted it away from him with the first pass because you know he tried to he tried to. To pick out the ball to to Luca Dean, didn't he? A couple of times, and sailed over his head. And I just, <clears throat> I feel it's a really, really awkward situation for him now because, as a reserve team goalkeeper, the only time you're not going to get many chances, are you? You're not going to get many many opportunities to play. So he must be getting himself so worked up mm. each time he plays that kind of panic sets in. And it, is a, it is a weird scenario, though, isn't it? Because he knows that unless he plays an absolute blinder, there's absolutely no way he plays the next game when Martinez is back. So that must be quite a strange situation to be in, knowing that however you play, you're not going to be the, the goalkeeper to play the next game. So I wonder whether that kind of affects you from a men- mentality point of view to think, well, I can see a couple of goals here. Martinez will play the next game. That'll be me probably not playing again till the end of the season. I'll appear in a couple of friendlies or maybe a cup game, and that's it. And that probably is quite a strange situation to go through mentally, but putting all that to one side, he's not a very good goalkeeper. And that's the, that's the main issue. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I think he's... I'm just looking here. So, I forgot the Newcastle game. So, he's he played four games and conceded 14 goals. Hmm. Is that right? And yeah, a few in the comments have said that as you were working it out just before, 14 and four. And I just think, you know, this is not... This is not a Villa defence that leaks that many goals that often, and you can't listen. You can't put the. I don't know if you can put any of the goals down to him today, can you? Particularly, I don't know. But he doesn't inspire confidence. He kind of unnerves those around him. Um, and the bizarre thing is, he's not a kid. He's not a rookie. Mm. You know, I know, I know goalkeepers play play later into their thirties than, than than outfield players tend to do. But I think he's what is he? He's the early thirties. 
Um, all that. He's been around. And and he's, 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 Sweden's number one, isn't he? So he's not this non-league goalkeeper that isn't capable of playing, but he's been in Premier League number two. He had a spell at Sheffield United. He was at Everton sitting on the bench. He's always been with us on the bench for a year or, year, a year or two or whatever it is. Yeah, he's 32. So like I say, he's, he's Sweden's number one still in all that time. So it's not like he's this nobody, but every time he's played for Villa, and that's the only thing I really care about, it's not it's not filled me with confidence at any point really, which is, like I said, it's more an issue about Villa's recruitment more so than let's all bash Robin Olsen because it's not really his fault. I think I feel sorry for him because I think, I think he's become a bit of a mental block for him now. Mm. And there were, you could almost see him, every time he kicked the ball, you could almost see him apologising, basically. <laughs> he clearly wants to, you know, he clearly wants to be this kind of figure of calm and composure, but when will he play again? You know, imagine Martinez will be back for the for the Spurs game next week. So, you know, he might play in the cup game potentially against mm. Stevenage and then he might not play again for another five weeks, six weeks. And I just think that kind of level of inactivity is not really conducive to you getting your confidence back, really. So I don't know what yeah. whether we send him out on loan, but... Uh, <laughs> And bring him back every time we need it. Feel for him because you could just feel, like I say, you could feel the tension around him. You could feel the tension in the crowd, um, mm. and you know the fella just wants to do his best for Villa. But these fine margins in games, um, and you know we can't <laughs> we can't afford to have somebody as our last line of defence who doesn't inspire confidence. Mm. Talk about. Emi Martinez, and just a little bit to kind of start to round up this uh, post-match show. It is Boxing Day, so thank you for joining us if you are still here. Um, what do you think, first of all, because the kind of wider national media conversation, there's a lot of stuff about Emi Martinez's celebration antics, let's say, with his, uh, I think he was throwing a baby doll with killing Mbappe's face on in Argentina and dancing in the dressing room and the, obviously the antics of the penalty shootout and time-wasting and all those kind of things that... Let's face it, we love Emi Martinez for, so I don't really care about all that. I like that. I think that's good. I rate it. Um, I like that he's associated with us. I like that that's our goalkeeper now. That kind of everyone's got a hatred for Emi Martinez. He plays for us. Yeah, cool. Happy with that. Don't mind it at all. Um, but the wider conversation from the kind of national media is about um, why is he having a week to celebrate? He's got a Premier League fixture. He's contracted to Aston Villa. He should be back for Boxing Day. The World Cup final was seven or eight days ago. He's had time to get back and all this kind of thing. I don't care about any of that. I don't know whether you're, whether you're different to me, whether Villa fans feel different than Martinez should have been there. He is our player. He's contract to us. We pay his wage. He should have been there. He's just won the World Cup. You know, yeah, I mean, let him celebrate. It's been Christmas. He's travelling a lot. If he was playing today, he'd probably be still hungover anyway. Which probably would have been better than Robin Olsen at times. But let, him, let the guy celebrate. It's one game. It doesn't matter, does it? I think it's quite, it's quite British, his behaviour, isn't it? In a way, I mean, he reminds me of, um, I can't remember what he was celebrating at the time, but when Gaza, when Paul Gascoigne kind of was on some open top buzz with a fake pair of breasts or something, <laughs> just kind of just in, in, enjoying the moment. And, you know, these people are human, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? He's won. What is he going to win? Certainly if he stays at Aston Villa, what is he going to win? <laughs> that's ever going to come anywhere near that again. And he's not just won it. He's not won it as a bit part player. Mm-hmm. As the substitute a, keeper. <laughs> he's been a pivotal, he's been a pivotal part of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean Let's face it, by the way, we could have still lost today with Emi Martinez playing. So from a Villa perspective, it doesn't, I don't really, I've seen people moaning about it, saying he should be back. It's been seven or eight days, but... I'm with the mindset that let the guy celebrate. He's had Christmas in Argentina. Go for it. Enjoy it. As long as you're back for the first, 
that's fine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, if he misses the next three or four weeks, <laughs> yeah, uh, Robin Olsen's still averaging three and a half goals conceded <laughs> a game. Then we'll. I mean, he needs wrist slapped and he needs to get back. But I just think, you know, I don't think we can question his professionalism. You know what I mean? For Aston Villa, I think, you know, you know when he comes back, he'll work hard, he'll train hard and he'll make sure that he's the best version of himself that he can he can possibly be. You know, let him let him go and enjoy this because, you know, he's, he's still a relatively young man for a goalkeeper, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. Yeah. So, you might I don't see the point. Again. Well, no. <laughs> so, I think, I think the wider narrative... If he was playing for somebody else, we'd probably like sneer at him and we'd probably say, you know, what's this knobhead doing? Um, <laughs> but he's he's ours, and we we you know, I'm just proud that we've got a current World Cup winner in our ranks. It's never happened mm. before. I mean, what who did we say? Robert Perez was the was the the previous World Cup winner to to represent us. Um, you know it what I mean? Really count, does it? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. We've got somebody who. He's a World Cup winner in our midst. If that means that we have to be without him for a game while he celebrates, gets himself right and gets gets back over here and gets gets his game head back on for hopefully for Tottenham away on New Year's Day. So be it. Like I said, we could have lost that game with him in our goal. I just think it's I don't know, it's it's I think Argentina's gem, general um what can you say, streetwise bleep housery and that kind of thing I think as as royal people people up a little bit and because mm. he's the he's the kind of the master of it people have seen it as a you know as an excuse to to, to have a pop at him I don't yeah. mind I'm not bothered about it he's won the World Cup he's never never let Aston Villa down while he's been with us and I hope we keep him for, for a lot longer and I hope he's actually um, dangling the um, the FA Cup in front of his middle bits um, at the end of May <laughs> That was good, wasn't it? You can cut that bit if you want for a clip. <laughs> okay, I will do it. Uh, just a couple of comments on Martinez before we move on. Um, nothing wrong with Martinez celebrating, but he should be back at Villa Park by now. Um, Joshua says I would have preferred him back simply because Olsen is useless. Uh, stupid time to have a World Cup final. It's not Emmy's fault. Yeah, that is also true. It's just before Christmas. They would have had a bit of time off Christmas anyway. Let him be. Uh, he won for Argentina. Don't care about Argentina. He should have been back for the club that pays his wages. That's my take. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of, kind of fair. That is, that is true and correct. But personally, and that's only my opinion and your opinion, and there's plenty of others out there. Doesn't bother me. He'll be back for Spurs, and he'll help us try and win that game in the best way he can. And um, and we we move forward from there. Just quickly on the on the kind of roundup of of the game. What do you think you've seen today? And Emery will have seen after a five six week break. Um, just so quick, actually. I saw this point on Twitter or something, I've nicked it from elsewhere, but the difference between Villa's kind of preparation for today and Liverpool's, that we've only played four or five friendlies and not great results in those either. And Liverpool played Man City the other day in, in the Cup, a competitive game, a feisty game, a game of more importance than a friendly in, in Abu Dhabi for us. And that they seem more kind of back into their rhythm than, than Villa would have. Um, what would, what would Amir have seen in that five-week break and learned going into January now? And what have you seen that you think okay, maybe we need this position sorted or that position sorted. Oh, blimey. I thought you were going to have a bit of an end-of-podcast chat. Yeah, we'll um, <laughs> I mean, listen, the preparations were different, but we lost to Manchester United in the Cup, so we weren't going to be playing a competitive game. Um, yeah. you, can only, you can only 
put you know put whatever friendlies on you can, can't you? You've got to, got to find somebody who's willing to play you, uh, and he's always going to have the element of a, the feel of a of a practice match. Uh, in terms of what what Emery's learned, it's an interesting one. You know, probably does need a, a striker who's more more ruthless. Um, will that come in January? I'm not convinced it will. It might have to wait till the summer um, for that to happen. I think the thing that will have um, I think the thing that will have disappointed him today is that they they did start so slowly and mm. that they didn't burst out the blocks and that yes we know that they were rusty but you're back in a Premier League stage uh, and they should be that they can be rusty but they can also be rested as well most of them because they you know we didn't have too many people at the World Cup in the yeah. end so I don't know. <laughs> It's not on a heart. We've only got a very small, small sample of games that that he's he's been in charge of. But the performance we produced against Manchester United at Villa Park in his first game, when he'd had a handful of days to work with the team, would have beaten Liverpool today. Hmm. So the thing that I think would have frustrated him was how we could get that message across so early on, but how standards could slip so hmm. quickly. Um, I think I it is just a case of momentum and confidence and travel and it being the Christmas break and it being a strange time. I think if we'd have played Brighton last week and beat them, we probably would have got at least a point today, I think, based off of just the carrying that momentum forward. It's just a strange time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've never known, we've never known a, a kind of mid-season break like it. So this is going to be the test for everybody, hmm. basically. But... I don't know, I just thought I, I thought we'd have returned with a little bit more of a kind of a little bit more of a snap. I suppose, and I thought we were a little bit pedestrian. By which time it was too late, um, and that's that's the really really frustrating thing because I thought, you know, I think most of it came down our left flank, didn't it? In terms of the second half, I think Dean Dean got into a few decent decent crossing positions, and I think that that Liverpool could have, could have been got at down that flank more. So. I don't. It's, uh, <laughs> I I want to get on my tea, so I don't want to get too deep into it anyway. But it's the first. It's the first game back, and it's the first real kind of. I don't know bump in the road. And I said when mm. when Emery was appointed that we're going to have to try and rise above these a little bit and just say, okay, let's not get too disappointed. Let's not get too frustrated. Yeah, there was still enough good things in defeat for us to not not start kind of moaning too much about it. Um, I did get frustrated at the end though when they started when the Liverpool fans started singing pro pro Steven Gerrard songs. I could imagine him there sitting there watching the game in his Liverpool pajamas, um, <laughs> jumping up and down, getting all excited. Um, not now. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> we move on. Yeah, we move on. Um, do we want to end with a little bit of rubbish nonsense? We say we try and keep this about half an hour, and the end of the football chat is bang on half an hour. So I feel like we owe it to people to do a few shout outs or tell me what you had for your Christmas dinner or whatever. Have you had a nice time? I Matt? Did have a, nice had a nice time, Christmas yeah. season. It was um it was myself, my wife, and our two kids yesterday with um an elderly friend of the family who my in-laws normally host on Christmas Day, but they've swanned off to New Zealand. Uh, oh yeah, I'm a so- yeah. We had Ida around. Um, we had a very nice time. Then I went on the evening to my sister's for some reason, and I've only I haven't bought these as a prop though. It just happened to be on the table where I'm sitting. My dad thought it would be a good idea to get me this. <laughs> um, 
So you wrote that probably. I'll just I'll just take one at random. Well, funny enough, my dad had a dad joke book as well, and I almost bought him one because I just I, I saw one in the shop, and I said if I open this and the first one I open makes me laugh, I'll buy it. Uh, but uh, I didn't. Yeah, but somebody else got him one. To be fair, there is some good ones in there. There's some terrible ones there. What kind of birds are always sticking to each other? I don't know what kind of birds always stick to each other. Velcros. Oh, you know yeah. that's one of the better ones. Is it? I could do. I could do. My dad to quickly texted me a good one out of his because there were some good ones when I was flicking through them yesterday. But I'll give you yeah. one more, and I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> the fact that you've side reading that doesn't yeah. bode well, does it? Yeah, I'm just jealous. Don't ever come up with it. What kind of hair do oceans have? What kind of hair do oceans have? I don't know. Wavy. Oh, that's bad. You know what I mean? I wonder if I'm going to see if my dad's got a receipt, to be honest. Um, but yeah, on that note, have you had a nice Christmas? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I spent the family, uh, spent the family, spent the Christmas at my side of the family this year instead of my partner's side last year. So I was back, back to my roots, back to my own household. Uh, my family came over from Spain. Um, I've been told to give a shout out to the Valencia Massive. I don't know if that'll mean anything to anybody <laughs> apart from those watching. Um, so yeah, nice to spend Christmas as a bigger group instead of it just being like my mum, my dad, my sister and me and our partners. It's kind of everyone together getting the big table out and the, and the emergency chairs and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the big table. You, you're eating yeah. on a kind of wallpaper pasting table. <laughs> yeah, plasterboard. <laughs> yeah, big two tables, big bit of plasterboard. That's my dad gets out of the shed or whatever. And uh, yeah, everyone goes down together and doing quizzes and party games and Jenga and stuff like that. What's your yeah, um, nice. What's your Christmas Day dessert of choice? I don't really like anything. I'd have a mince pie. That is what I had. A mince pie and a bit of cream. I don't like Christmas pudding. Cold mince pie or hot mince pie? Hot. Hot mince pie with a bit of cream. Yeah, like a brandy butter cream is what I'd prefer. Yeah. We didn't have that this year. Yeah, I had, mince, I, had, I had two two cold mince pies, but with hot custard. I had. But my normal choice is trifle, but my, my mother-in-law normally makes that. So she's had to... Mm. Um, I had to text my wife the recipe frantically. So that that's tomorrow's treat, hopefully. <laughs> my sister just texted me and said that we did have brandy butter, but no one opened it. So that's outrageous. And the fact that oh, they're still watching God. this 33 minutes in is... So we lose... Get a life, you, you lot at home. Get a life. So we lose on Boxing Day, a game that we probably could take more, <laughs> and you neglected to open the brandy butter. Can it get any worse? I know, yeah. I've also been texted a joke. Shall I read out my joke and then we'll go? Go on then, yeah. That can be the final thing. Okay. Did you hear about the, the local auctioneer? Who died recently? No, go on. He was about 30, 35, 35, 40, 45, 45, 50. Oh, God. It's bad, isn't it? That did make me laugh when I was told that one yesterday. Um, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'll just say get alive to everyone who's watching out, but I, don't, I obviously don't mean that. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Boxing Day evening or if you've been watching this after the fact. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me. I've been off for the last week, which has been my kind of biggest takeaway from Christmas, having, having some time off work at last. Um, but I said I'd jump back on and do the podcast and, and a bit of work as well. So you'll next see us, you and me specifically, unless you're about to bail on me for the Spurs game. I don't know when we'll be doing that sometime that on the evening. Day? Yeah, it's, it's the Sunday, Sunday, I think. Yeah. So I don't know if you're even free, but we'll work something out. We've got a week, haven't we? Yeah, we'll just under a week. Is it on the telly? I don't think so. I think it's two o'clock, but I don't think it's on telly. I'm not sure though. Um, we'll find a way to watch it, won't we? If we if it's not on telly, I'm sure somehow there'll be ways that we'll find our way to watch that that we can't officially talk about. I'll um, be on the radio, mate. I'm not breaking any rules. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. Of course you are. Um, so we'll be back for that. We might do a preview or something in the week as well. We'll get John and Pat to do another one of those if, if we have time. Obviously, there's a lot of people taking time off for, for Christmas as well. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Matt, thank you for your time, as always, and have a happy new year. But I will speak to you on New Year's Day anyway. Thanks, everyone, for watching along at home. And, um, yeah, we'll see you again in a few days. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.